the great Persian poet Hafiz once wrote, How did the rose ever open its heart and give to this world all of its beauty? It felt the encouragement of light against its being. Otherwise, we all remain too frightened. Welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast. My name is Dave Exley. And I'm Doug Peck. Today we're going to explore that passage from John 12, 1 to 8, where we hear about Jesus getting his feet washed. It's something that I think we all kind of sink into, especially when we imagine our, ourselves uh, perhaps walking just as much as Jesus does. How good must it feel on his feet? We've decided to interview someone who's on her feet a lot during the day, Jane Beatty, who runs The Bag Lady uh, in London, Ontario, Paul Mall and Maitland. It's, a, it's quite a, an established breakfast and lunch spot. It's always busy, and Jane is always on her feet. What does she do to uh, nurture herself and, and kind of treat herself as, as Jesus did? Uh, we'll hear an interview of that just in a moment. But before we do that, I uh, just want to highlight one event that you don't want to miss. Uh, coming up uh, later uh, this year in July, July 26th to 28th, uh, in Paris, Ontario, at the Five Oaks Retreat Center, the Skylight Festival. Uh, this has been happening for uh, the past number of years here. It uh, recently shifted uh, to Five Oaks, but uh, it is the spring sale that's happening right now. $159 for a full weekend ticket. And this year, some great contributions. Contributors uh, featuring Shad uh, from CBC, uh, Canadian uh, artist, recent uh, uh, award-winning artist uh, here from Canada, Jonathan Brooks, uh, Robin Henderson, Espinoza, and then friend of the show, friend of the pod, Pam Rocker will be there as well. Some amazing people. You can go on to skylightfestival.ca, find out more information about the Skylight Festival, which is all about uh, faith, justice, and the arts. Um, They're attempting to nurture a, a narrative of hope, joy, and transformation please be there i know i'll be there doug you've been to uh, the skylight festival a number of times and uh, really look forward to uh to all that's going to be offered uh, this year and there is a special experience this year if you've gone to skylight before there's an experience uh, to uh, partake in a uh, national powwow championship that's happening at six nations so some good uh, stuff happening in there that will take it beyond where it's been in past years so we look forward to skylight this year july 26 to 28th at five oaks in paris on Ontario. And now let us hear this scripture reading from John chapter 12, verse 1 to 8, as we hear Adele share the message. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed at Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he was cared for about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse, used it to s- steal, but was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my 
burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. We just heard this story about Jesus, who is walking everywhere he goes, always on his feet. And to get a little deeper into that, I, I thought to myself, well, who do I know in my life who's just always on her feet, working hard for other people? And, and I'm sure you have a lot of people in your life that you see that, that you just never see them rest. They're always on their feet. They're always on the go. Um, within my world, within my community, that's, that's a, a dear friend of mine, Jane Beatty, who runs a, a breakfast, a really hip breakfast place uh, called The Bag Lady. Uh, she started off by making bagged lunches for people and and then she found a little uh, beautiful spot in in at the corner of Pall Mall and Maitland Street in in London Ontario and this place is always packed she's always working hard always on her feet um, and she's always got a smile on her face the the food is incredible uh, but but the the atmosphere is is I think what makes people just want to come back and hang out with her and she she's never upset about it always ready to serve people um, so I'm really excited for you to hear uh, Jane talk about what what it's like being her and just always on her feet I'm sitting here with um, friend and entrepreneur Jane Beatty, who runs the Bag Lady. Uh, it is a breakfast and lunch place in, in London, Ontario. Lovely little spot and, and a very popular spot. So she she works hard. She doesn't hardly work. Um, and and, uh, and I'm here to talk to her uh, about um, what it's like doing what she does and and what does she do to to treat herself and and relax when uh, when. Uh, it comes to be break time. So first of all, Jane, thank you very much uh, for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Okay, now Jane, you, you do work could, uh, really hard. Could you describe a typical day um, w- working a- at the Bag Lady? Sure. Um, well, I get first of all, I get up early and come down into the shop and start by baking uh, fresh baked goods for the shop. So a lot of that sort of thing and then there's a lot of prep work to get everything ready for the breakfast crowd uh, brew some good coffee most of um, most of the time it's it's you know back and forth to the kitchen prep area kitchen prep area on our feet all day working uh, in the kitchen preparing meals uh, to serve the lovely customers that come into the place awesome now, now your place opens up early 7 30 uh, how early would you wake up um, down in the shop by 6 a.m. to get the baking muffins in the oven and that sort of thing, get ready for when we open the doors at 7.30. So, so you literally are on your feet all day? Yes, 100% of the time. Um, it ranges for anywhere from 8 to 10, 12 hours a day, standing, walking around, um, prepping. Everything that we do is is from the standing position, yes, on our feet all day, yes. And would you say it, it's such a go-go-go mentality that, that maybe you even forget that, that you're standing for so long? Totally. I don't even think about it until you mentioned it. I really had to think, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so, yes, it's, it's a go-go-go-go-go, and um, you're moving and shaking, and you don't even really realize it until until you stop. <laughs> okay, now, now what... what um, it sounds like your feet, if, if anything, deserve a little bit of love every now and then. What, what do you do to say thank you, feet, for letting me stand on you for so long as you work so hard throughout your day? 
Um, well, I like to put my feet up on the sofa when when I had relaxed, and on top of that, my friends and I uh, once in a while go and get a pedicure, which is quite nice. Um, and I also had a friend recently purchase me a gift certificate for a reflex reflexology treatment, which is heaven for your feet. It is literally such a gift, and um, I can't wait to do it. So, so you've done this before. Could you des- describe that to to uh, to our listeners a little bit? Absolutely. First, you get your feet to soak in a nice warm bath, um, then they're towel dry, and you get some lotion rubbed on your feet, and uh, your feet are massaged, and all the all the pressure points are sort of um, massaged, and and yeah, it just makes your feet feel like a million bucks. Fantastic. Now, now going through this process, do do you just uh, do do you feel the the stress of of standing on your feet all day? Do do you just feel that wash away? Hundred percent. It's like you don't even realize how much your feet, uh, how much you're holding in your feet until someone is taking care of your feet and and giving them a break. And it just, it's literally, you feel, you just feel it all wash away. It's amazing. I, I would think uh, somebody that's that's. Uh, um, has this job of, uh, of of helping someone like you out? They, they probably get a good sense that they're do, doing a lot of good in the world through through seeing how much someone like yourself enjoys it. Absolutely, I think it's really rewarding for them because they do see, like from when you when you come in and, and when you leave, you're a different person. Your feet feel like um, they're brand new and ready to go again. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you, Doug. I loved that conversation with uh, with Jane and and just hearing more about what she does and 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 what it's like to to live her life. Um, uh, when I hear the scripture reading about Jesus getting his feet washed and uh, Mary wanting to to wash his feet and and anoint these feet with uh, with expensive oils, and it, one of my first thoughts is this guy. This guy probably really appreciates it. He he's walking around all the time. Whenever we hear uh, a, a, a gospel story begin, it's is he walked to another place, and and this guy's an active guy, and and um, he probably forgets that he's been moving around so much, uh, going from here to there, addressing needs and various people, and um, and that right away made me think of Jane, that she's she's working hard. Her and her staff are always on their feet. They've always got a smile on their face too. There's this sense that uh, you know that person in your community that maybe provides you muffins or brownies. <laughs> Um, but but they do so much more. They connect you to other people. They they make a point of 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 giving your your child a free cookie and just making their day so special. Um, and and ultimately, um, I'm hearing Mary say desperately, "I want to do something for you, Jesus." Mm. Uh, and um, this, uh, th- for, for me, this, this, this person, Jane, within, within my own community, and, and I know many others f- feel this way, um, that, that uh, I, I'm so happy that she's been given these gifts of reflexology because uh, what, how do you give to somebody who gives uh, to, to you so much? And, and um, Mary's answer is, I'll do what I know, and uh, I'll do what I think I know you'd appreciate. Um, because um, 
because I, I see what you're doing. I see that you're on your feet so much. You, I'll bet I'll bet you want to treat yourself a little bit. <laughs> the one thing I, I love, and I think the connection piece for me is is just how like there's just it's not rational what uh you know looking at it from one perspective you know from the way in which our world kind of operates and um you know this story of of mary and her extravagant you know response to uh, to jesus um and and i think about the story of of the bag lady you know variety and 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 how it's it just seems to not make sense uh either uh you know when you tell people about uh you know bag lady you tell people about jane's story and things like that it's just it just doesn't compute and uh and and i think that's a connection point for me is that uh, is that you know that, that irrational sense and 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 our faith story is such uh you know, a thing that, that moves us away from, from that kind of one way of, of thinking where we, we process things in a particular way and, and believe that, that, that stuff happens in this way. And I so appreciate you, Doug, sort of identifying that, hey, there's this connection point between this Jesus that, that is walking all the time and that cultural sort of reality that they're faced with and this extravagant response to to all of of that because i don't think that many people would necessarily see that and make that connection there it may seem like a very simple thing uh but what a beautiful connection full disclosure the last time that i saw jane actually in person was um that she was catering a funeral actually uh and i had no idea and I, actually my eyes lit up knowing that uh, i was like oh jane's you know doing uh doing the food for this uh this funeral reception i was so overjoyed by that but uh, seeing her in that space and and thinking about um all of those people within this world of ours that are offering service to people and and uh and the work that goes into that um what an amazing thing and and it it also makes me wonder in all that everyone does what's the toll that's taken on your body hmm. because of that um and it, and it, for so many people it's it's their feet it's their hands um and it's it's easy to say oh well that's just the price of business or or something but but uh we hear judas just spell it out there like come on you, you're gonna you're gonna you gonna wash your feet you know we we might want to roll our eyes for for people that treat themselves to another spa day or, or whatever and, and we're so quick to roll our eyes and and talk about the money being waste or the mm. the cost involved but but there's a cost on on ourselves so often um it's it's interesting to me that the gospel of john makes such a point of pointing out this part of the story H- how often in the gospel do we just gloss over big important things like, uh, oh, Jesus went up to the mountain and prayed by himself for a long time and then came back down 14 hours later. Well, what happened during those 14 hours? But, but, uh, and we're not told. And yet uh, this is focused on, you know, this point of relaxation is focused on, this point of, of somebody saying, Mary in this case, I want to do something for you, Jesus. And going into detail about how you can do it. So so often I think people hold back from doing anything because they think, well, what can I do? Right. The the little drummer boy that, oh, well, I'll play my drum for him. That's what I know. Mary, I think she knows um, this is something she can do for Jesus. 
there's a beautiful theme that, that of of thinking about abundance and, and and scarcity within this text, and the way in which we approach you know our our life and our work and and all of those things that that you know the, the, the people that like Jane I think that are able to sort of like do these things that I'm like wow you're like defying all of those 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 odds of like you know, people and our limitations and all of that. I, I just love, you know, the way in which I think that, that the work that she does, you know, is so just, it seems to be this everyday overabundance of energy and, um, and like, yeah, energy that's connected to this passion for life. And what a beautiful thing that is, because the reality is, I think that within this text, we have, you know Judas, who speaks on 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 you know on the side of like you know scarce resources and and got to protect, got to you know hold back and all of that stuff. And then you've got Mary, who's responding in such a way as to say like, man, I like let's not hold back any of that. I, I'm thinking about actually something that um, that Brené Brown wrote in in her book Rising Strong, where she talks about this this topic of of scarcity and 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 how you know we look at within our world and so i want to read this this short section from from rising strong because she's i think it connects so well with this topic she says the opposite of scarcity is not abundance the opposite of scarcity is simply enough Uh, and she's talking about empathy she says empathy is not uh, finite and compassion is not a pizza with eight slices when you practice empathy and compassion with someone there's not less of these qualities to go around there's more love is the last thing we need to ration in this world the refugee in syria doesn't benefit more if you conserve your kindness only for her and withhold it from your neighbor who's going through a divorce yes perspective is critical but i'm a firm believer she says that complaining is okay only uh okay as long as we piss and moan with a little perspective hurt is hurt every time we honor our own struggle and the struggles of others by responding with empathy and compassion the healing that results affects all of us i love that because i think it speaks to a way of life you know this idea of do we ration do we hold back or do we just you know give everything we have um to to that which we're inspired by that which is is something we're passionate about um do we let it flow in the way that that mary lets it flow do we let it flow in the way that uh, that jane lets it flow each and every day recognizing that at some point you're going to have to sort of um with being on your feet all day with you know having so much energy poured out within a particular day that it comes with a balance of of being you know you know having to um you know, tend to those needs, your own physical needs and that type of thing. But but what a beautiful thing to be able to sort of recognize that we don't need to ration those things that, uh, you know, like love, like empathy and, and all of that. I think that's what's happening for me in this text is this this image of scarcity and abundance and how do we approach that within our own lives? Yeah, yeah. The The, the question when we see what Mary is doing blatantly becomes uh what can i do for jesus i i think she's saying and and just i found myself reflecting on that what can i do for jesus um when i think of of jane's story i i see someone who's not necessarily passionate about making brownies uh although her brownies are second to nobody um but um 
but there's a real sense that there's a passion for serving the community. Um, Dave, in our, in our talk before this, we, we, we talked about Lazarus's presence here. Uh, and, and the guy should be dead. The guy he was be, dead. <laughs> he, he was dead, and and um, you know J- J- Jane has has taken such a, a strong role in in providing uh, uh, food for for funerals uh, that that happen, and and you see that compassionate angle um, in in her stepping into that sacred space, and um, uh, somebody a, a mutual friend of ours, a couple of mutual friends, uh, passed away uh, tragically, and. Um, and to to see all of a sudden that side play so strongly, and in that sense of um, when Jesus says, uh, "You won't always have me." Um, I was at a funeral recently, and, and of course, I, I think sometimes um, we as ministers during someone's funeral, we start to to think of all the wonderful things that that we've witnessed uh, in this precious life and we think of their light and we think wow the funeral is now the time to say it and and one of the fellow congregation members who uh, who just dearly loved this uh, this person who passed away said why do we wait for their funeral why do we wait for their mm-hmm. funeral and uh, thinking about this story, thinking about this scripture reading, thinking about preparing for this Sunday, thinking about how how uh, Jesus makes it clear to us, you know, what, let's not wait. Let's not wait until we're all gone before we say or do nice things for one another. I, I don't know about you, Dave, but I just, I have this strong urge for this sermon. And, and how many of our churches are like this? people just stepping up to the plate and doing what's enough to get everything done and and um and doing it uh just out of love and how do we say thank you to them it makes me think of that that tragically hip song for our canadian listeners uh one of the greatest uh canadian bands of all time very much appreciated uh, up here in canada but the, their song use it up um and, and that stuck with me uh, uh you know every day i think about that in terms of you know, the life we, we lead and the life, you know, the choices that I make in my, my life and, and this option that we continually have as it relates to scarcity, abundance, and how we sort of ration um, our empathy, ration our love, ration our, our passion and all of that, that that stuff. I just think of those those words, you know, it's use it up, use it all up, don't save a thing for later. I, I think in many ways, Gordowney, I think who wrote the song, is is talking about just this idea of like pour it all in, you know, to each and every song. Don't you know, like hold back and say, well, we use that in another piece or anything like that. That that it's just pour it all in. And if what would it mean for us to approach um, not only life but one another in that way, as to say, man, I have as a human being the capacity to give so much in terms of love and empathy and care and compassion, forgiveness, all of that stuff. Um, why not just use that up, right? In the moment, that that every moment is a moment to say, hey, I've got an overabundance of that. Let's let that flow as best I can. I think that's what the story of the gospel teaches us, that there is an overabundance of that and, uh, and, and why not just let it flow as best we can and, uh, and man, make those brownies like Jane makes them and, and just, yeah, use up all those ingredients, pour it into that as much as you can. Well said, Dave. Uh, 
Big thank you to Jane Beatty of The Bag Lady, and a thank you to my daughter Adele for reading the scripture reading today, and to reading all... Reading it oh so well, <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> for all of you who uh, are, are going about your life and, and feeling gratitude for, uh, for, for so much that, that happens and, and is gifted to you in your life, uh, good luck with your challenge this week of, of how you can share a gift of gratitude with, with somebody that, that you appreciate and care for. God bless.